Hello and welcome to Applies Job Bytes. We're a podcast that covers jobs, job searching, the job application process, career growth and development, and almost everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Apply.io, the free browser extension that helps you apply to jobs with a single click and writes really good cover letters for you using AI. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Applies Job Bites. With me on the show today is Elena Agaragumova. And Elena and I, actually, we met years ago, probably five years ago, back in Dubai. And Elena, of course, you are a, uh, a career expert. And what I remember about meeting you was that you were already very well versed in the topic of uh, personal branding at a time that I think, it, you know, back then it just wasn't particularly well covered. It wasn't as much of a, a hot topic as it is today. And of course, you're also an entrepreneur, having co-founded a, a whole bunch of startups of your own that I'm keen to learn about. And a lot of the work that you do is focused around young people that are looking to build their careers, looking to find jobs. And so I thought that's what we could start with. Yeah, sounds good. Good to be here with you. So very well aware that kind of a key topic of yours, and, and I think this ties into to one of the projects that you're currently working on, skill development in young people. And and we, we had seen this like you know, you, you'd worked with universities and, and, and I've worked with many as well. We've seen many people kind of graduate out of the education system, being very technically competent, knowing the theory, raring to go. But some of the maybe the life skills, the practical skills and the sort of career skills haven't been particularly well addressed. So, you know, broadly speaking, I'd love to cover with you young people who've already graduated. They're currently looking for work. What are some of the skills that they should aim to develop? How should they be spending their time right now? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and now, you know, I see a lot of sort of pops up on LinkedIn of young people that are commenting on different things and how difficult the market is, right? And the challenges they're having. And the first thing that comes to my mind is that what I often see students and just professionals, whether you're just started working maybe even and looking for a change, is missing a set of processes. So what do I mean by that? Not to sound very boring and say we all need to have the structure, but it does help to have a set of processes to say, you know, to really give us the result we want. And what I often see missing in students, and this is what we do with our startup, is we work with university students. And the step number one is that we need to identify, of course, what what is it that we're looking for, first of all, right? So and to identify in fact, what is the best choice for us? So what often happens in universities right now is that you are studying a degree and you feel this pressure to actually go and work on the degree that you've studied in. But that's not always the case. And the chances are by the time you graduate, your degree may or may not be relevant. So and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to find a job in that area. So identifying the what and being expansive in your search is usually beneficial because you might have studied, I don't know, engineering. It does not mean you need to go into engineering. You've developed a set of skills that as an engineer, maybe you're structured, right? So maybe you, you know how to use specific tools. You're, the way you mine things is quite unique, perhaps, right? Or maybe you're a marketing person, and but you don't really want to go into marketing. But what you've gained is that ability to be creative, to be resourceful in creating sales for different products, for example. So identifying the what specifically and, and expanding your search, not only focusing also on the big names. That's another mistake that people do is that they focus on the big companies, the big consultancies, right? The sort of the big multinationals. That may be the right step for you. It doesn't need to be that. So number one, what is it that you're looking for and expanding your search? Because the chances are you might find something that you're really good at, 
that can be in a small company or even a startup, or maybe you want to just do some gig, uh, gig work. So that's number one. Number two, the how, of course. So once you've sort of identified that, using different platforms, and this is something I think maybe you can even speak on better than I can. I know from your background, right? So the platforms, so what are some things that you guys recommending for students in the past? I know you've had some experience with this as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing to recommend is, I think, as you're kind of alluding to, right, there's no need just to bank on one single source. These are all kind of like, you know, there's, there's different jobs available on different platforms. So mm-hmm. you could look at something like uh, a platform like Olive, which is kind of dedicated for interns and graduates. And there's many similar platforms in, in, in different, com- I mean, in many countries, depending where you're looking for your job. If you're looking in the States, you've got, got way up. You've got the Handshake Network, you've got like a whole bunch of them that, that you could look at. And there's no reason that you should ever have all your eggs in one basket or you should only apply via one platform. All these different platforms have different opportunities. So, And that is like kind of one of the parts about job seeking that isn't ideal, but you have to do it, which is you've got to create your profile in multiple places, uh, keep an eye on those multiple places and see who's listing what, right? Because some employers might only use one distribution channel. Some of them might only list their opportunities on one platform. Some employers might list on none, right? They might only list on their own. Like kind of Google famously had a policy. I don't know if this has changed, but in the past, they wouldn't list on any other job sites, right? If you want to apply to Google, mm-hmm. you have to go directly to their career sites. And so many companies might have a similar policy. What that mm-hmm. means in practical effect is, yes, you need to look at uh, multiple sort of sources and channels to apply. And I love that. Actually, it brings me to my next point is, when we're creating these processes, so one of identified the what, the what and the how, then uh, the next step would be to also, as you're exploring the how, you will come into understanding that finding like Google, for example, is only going to be advertising in certain areas. So there's no point of, you know, getting frustrated and, and putting, you know, applying for link on LinkedIn or something like this when you know that's not going to be the right way to get into Google. So identifying What are the potential obstacles and how do you overcome those obstacles, right? So there's a lot of things we can control, a lot of things we cannot control. When it comes to job search, what can I control today? It's my level of proactivity. And what I love um, uh, to talk to students about, and uh, you as an entrepreneur will also relate, is I say we should treat ourselves like a business. So imagine you, you are a startup, right? So you're launching yourself into the market, right? So as a startup, what are you going to do? You're going to do your market research. You're going to do who needs what we have to offer, right? So same thing, identifying your skill set, like who needs what I have to offer? And there's a whole lot of other people that are doing what I'm doing and what makes me unique, right? As a startup. So you are, you know, person, this is personal branding one-on-one, right? You, you ink, so to say, I think there's a book about it even, you know, so identifying your, uh, your audience, identifying your competition, identifying your really true USP, your uh, unique value proposition as well, right? And Finally, also, when it comes to job search or even starting a startup, right, if you're related to that, is whenever you you hit a wall when you're starting a business, and you can relate to this, right, what is the next thought? It's not, ah, oh, the market sucks, I'm not going to do this anymore, I'm going to give up. No, the next thought is, what haven't I tried? What haven't I explored? Who haven't I talked to? Who can help me in this way? Who are the people that can offer me some advice? What can I do in the meanwhile to make sure that I'm proactively moving towards my goal? Same thing with job search. Fresh graduates right now are spending a lot of time applying online. And, you know, and the biggest concern is that, of course, there's a lot of competition, not a lot of jobs. But in the meanwhile, what can you do while you're applying on job? Can you go volunteer? Can you go work for free if you have to, right? So again, if it goes between 
just sitting applying online versus doing something while you're applying online, I will always say do whatever is that needs to be done. Again, maybe it's a job that you might not be so thrilled about, but it's it's a little part-time gig that you can do. In places like the US and Europe, you have a little bit more opportunities, of course, to do that. In places like the Middle East, a little bit less. But nonetheless, are there opportunities that you can through your network, through your university, through your circle, your parents, your friends, find opportunities where you can just get an insight of what it's like to work in a particular company, to do a small project, to offer your help. Because at the end of the day, it's about being proactive. So, and as a startup as well, right, there's going to be opportunities where you need to just do things and you might not be charging the prices you would be charging, but the idea is to get credibility as well. So how do you get credibility for your own experience? And I think that's very important. And the final part here is when you are, again, as a startup, if you're going out there and selling and, and a job, as you're selling yourself, if you're only going to send one email and, and hope to, you know, the universe or whatever you believe in that it's going to land you that job, it's unrealistic. Number, the, the biggest rule we need to follow is the, the art of following up. And I, I write about a lot about this in particular because we often send this email, we apply for a job and then we wait. We wait and we say, okay, they're going to notice me because I have the best CV in the world and they're going to just, be, you know, it's going to pop up in their eyes and they're going to call me. It doesn't work that way. We need to follow up. So after you submit an application, the next step should be, how do I find a person who can actually be an entry point for me, who can actually read the CV? And there's various platforms you can do this. LinkedIn is a beautiful place to find people to connect with. Do research about the talent management, HR people in those companies, dropping them a, a quick note, or hunter.io, for example, is a great platform to find uh, people's email addresses, right? Um, so the follow-up is very important. And I recommend to send a follow-up uh, right as if, as you submit your application, give it a week, send another follow-up, and then a third follow-up again uh, a week after that. And after that, you can pretty much say, okay, maybe that's not the best avenue for me. And the, the content of the follow-up, of course, is important. And that's that's a whole separate conversation, I think, to have as well. <laughs> I love so so much rich advice right there, Alina, and I, and I love that you called out Hunter.io. It's such a cool tool, one, one one that I use as well for sales and prospecting, and it's it's particularly relevant in many roles where actually part of what they're looking for that skill set is they want to see that sort of drive, that creativity, that relentlessness, that will to follow up. If it's a sales role, you kind of are showing them you can do the job in and in fact uh, following through on that, right? Whereas if you're kind of, you just like, you know, let's say the majority of candidates, you send that one application, you sit back in you know, on a high horse waiting for them to come to you, then you're probably not exhibiting the skill set as as well as someone who, who has that creativity or that hunger mm-hmm. will go on to do so. And also such a fantastic analogy about, you know, kind of treating yourself as a bit of a startup. And, and what's particularly relevant is, you know, for, for us, when, when we were running the business, Olive and we were going to different customer types. We had, um, you know, we would present a, a landing page, which would kind of summarize the USP or the value proposition. But that would be tweaked depending on the customer type, right? So we had a certain landing page that we would go to SMBs and then small and medium businesses. We had another landing page that we would show to enterprise clients. And then we got a little bit more sophisticated. We would break that down further by industry type. And I think you'd equate that back to, you know, what you're saying, the need to, well, you probably in each of your applications and outreach, you need to tailor that a little bit, right? You want to hit the, the pain points or the needs or 
you know, tailor, tailor this a little bit to, okay, there's a specific context here. I'm not going to send in the same application if I'm, you know, using the example of the engineer applying to some technical roles and to some other maybe non-technical roles. Those applications should look a little bit different. Absolutely. And I think that's a very good point. And it's just about, again, being very strategic, not just mindlessly applying towards any role. And, and, you know, and that's another thing when I talk with young graduates, they don't have a very clear indication of what's next for them. And part of it is, of course, the responsibility of the university, which is a different topic on its own. But, you know, there's there needs to be a strategy when you're applying, because if there's not a clear strategy and proactivity and just the right approach and the right even the choice of words you use when you're sending those follow up emails, all of that matters. And this is where it helps to have those conversations with either uh, career services in your university, perhaps mentors, just to get some advice and have a sounding board, because oftentimes we don't know what we don't know. So by being curious and being proactive, we're and just just taking action, any action is better than any inaction. So take an action each time you learn something. So maybe with this job, it might not be the right way, but then you learn something and you move forward. So the more of these opportunities you can create, the more you're able to find what really works for you. Yeah, and there really is so few. I mean, I speak to students as well, and I hear this sort of mentality of like, I, I want to hold out for the ideal thing. But the reality is there's so few bits of work in the world that hold no value. There's, there's almost learning or value in doing anything, right? Especially in a, in a period where, you know, we're looking at right now, like COVID, where you have, you have two choices, like going into the sort of post-COVID era. The first is to say, I chose to do nothing because companies in my sector weren't hiring and I was being very picky and I waited. Or you could say, you know what, I adapted. I dealt, uh, you know, I kind of dealt with the situation as it was. And I sought out experience in this completely unrelated field. Maybe it's unglamorous. Maybe it's not my end goal. I'm not going to spend 30, 40, 50 years in this field. But I learned a thing or two doing this this thing, which I don't feel was my destiny. But you know, I worked in a remote contact center and I was drilling calls. And through that, I built up resilience and negotiation skills and customer service and the rest, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you just do what needs to be done. And again, I just... When you're when you're saying about doing things you might not exactly enjoy, again, building a startup, there are gonna be times when you're like you're gonna have to do things. You're like, I never thought I had to do this in my life again. You know, this was not the idea here. But but you learn every time. You learn and you do what needs to be done to succeed. And again, I can definitely relate with young students or and fresh graduates that graduated and they want to sort of start making money, etc. But if it's it doesn't stop you from continuing to applying for jobs. Just because you're volunteering or doing an unpaid internship yet again, for example, you know, it doesn't mean you stop applying. But while you're applying and waiting for that perfect opportunity, do something, do something, because that is where you're going to be able to create skill set, create opportunities for yourself. And another big challenge, if anybody is listening to this who's still studying, the more internships, the more of these opportunities you can create while you're studying, the better chances you have of coming out with that experience and also uh, finding that opportunity because I think that's one of the proactivity pieces we need to consider is that if you're graduating you've only done one or two internships you're already behind in my in, in my experience. Elena it's been amazing to have you on the show so much sort of actionable advice for our listeners so so val- valuable to have had you on the show what is the best way for anyone who's listened to the show today to get in touch with you and to learn more about how uh, you and your startups can help them? 
Sure. So we have uh, Bloom Youth, of course. So they can just find us on LinkedIn. This is where we're most active, Bloom Youth. They can follow me on, on me on LinkedIn at Elena Agragimova. Of course, I post content on weekly, if not daily basis on all these different advices and, uh, and, and how-tos of, of everything that we've talked about. So uh, just LinkedIn is probably the best platform for me. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Elena. And folks, I highly recommend following Elena. So thank you. That's been another episode of Applies Job Bites, and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. For any feedback, requests, or suggestions of things that we should include on upcoming shows, please drop us a line at contact at apply.io. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time. Click, start and track, your application's never write a cover letter again. 